0: Hello, and welcome to the Aguilar Conversations, a global perspective. I'm Tony Aguilar. On today's podcast, as the Russian invasion continues, can Ukraine maintain its momentum and will the West continue its support? I will be talking with Asami Tewachima, reporter from the Kyiv Independent and a 2023 recipient of the George Wiedenfeld Prize for Journalism. She will join us today from Ukraine to speak about the state of the war. Asami, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We we hear a lot about the resolve of the West and how the West is remaining unified and how the momentum is great on the West for the war in Ukraine. But when you talk to people on the ground, particularly the military, how are they feeling on the ground?
1: Uh, they see the news that, uh, for example, the Western nations are, uh, you know, pledging more tanks or more vehicles, more ammunition, but they feel that they're not coming for some reason. Uh, for perhaps it's the logistics, but um, they feel that, for example, when they are in the trenches, they often face critical ammunition um, shortages and because of that they have to hide a lot in the trenches because they can't always attack so they're basically uh, trying to hold hold off Russian attacks and uh, to make sure that they can still hold on to their positions uh while not, you know while not getting killed or wounded by Russian uh sh- shrapnels so it's very um, tough on the front line and uh, I I have heard from the soldiers that they, uh, they, it's it's nice, it's you know, it's uplifting to see this news that uh, Western nations are pressing more weapons, but uh, they still feel like they are not being supported, and uh, there is really uh, there there is still a weapon shortage and ammunition shortage on the front line.
0: Last night there was a lot of barrage of bombing in Kyiv. Um, what what happened last night? I mean, how was it last night? Russia
1: fired uh, a very substantial number of missiles and uh, drones at if, at the same time. It was probably the loudest that I've heard, to be honest, since the beginning of the first K invasion. Uh, Ukrainian air defense shot down all of them, which is very impressive, I think, because uh, of thanks to the Western air defense systems, to be honest. Uh, because I don't know what. Ukraine could have done without the air-standard the, the defense distance in place. Uh, um, so uh, six ballistic uh, Kinzhal missiles were shot down, which is... So Ukraine shot down the first ballistic missile uh, in the beginning of May, and today, I mean, this evening we shot down uh, six of them, So it shows that Ukraine's air defense capability is improving thanks to more Western air defense systems coming in. Uh, But we also know that we need more of that because it is being protected. But have other, so many other cities in Ukraine that I think still need more air defense uh, systems.
0: On all that, how would you judge what the state of the war is right now? I know... Ukraine has been on the offensive, and we're talking a lot about what is being deemed as the spring offensive. And Ukraine recently has had good luck in pushing troops back in Bakhmut. And but what is happening now? What is the state of the war as you see it?
1: Um, yeah, yes, there are you know you, uh, localized Ukrainian advances near Bakhmut. Uh, according to the Ukrainian reports and Russian reports, it's mostly on the southern and northern outskirts of Bakhmut. But I wouldn't say that the counteroffensive has begun. It's more like counterattacks that Ukraine is conducting. And I think it's related to the, you know, these tensions between uh, the Russian Defense Ministry and Wagner, which is constantly, um, the tensions are heightening because uh, um, because of the rivalry and also because the Defense Ministry uh, repeatedly avoids mentioning uh, the work control in the Russian offensives in the East.
0: Uh, President Zelensky has been on a European tour. He went to Great Britain, uh, Italy, France, and he also met with Pope Francis. And what came out of those meetings and what's going to happen over the next couple uh, few weeks because of those meetings
1: he's basically going to european capitals just to, to um, introduce this coalition and get their support so in Berlin, he said that he uh, he counted on germany to support this coalition and he uh, talked about this coalition with uh president macron in paris and he also went to london and uh uh, the, so it's, this whole trip uh, is to make sure that, you know, these Western uh, leaders, they don't forget about the war in Ukraine. to say, And for Zelensky to, you know, keep pushing Ukraine's bid for uh, its long-wanted uh, fighter jets, because fighter jets, Western fighter jets, are crucial to, you know, Ukraine gaining advantage in this war, but um, the Western allies are so far very reluctant to provide this because of fears or uh, what they believe could be Russian escalation.
0: Uh, speaking of Russian escalation, recently, in recent weeks, there was this story of a drone flying and landing on the Kremlin, supposedly in search of assassination uh, President Putin and Ukrainian government has uh, said that they had nothing to do with that uh, but others have said there's been other attacks on various parts of Russia. Um, what do you hear in terms of Ukraine uh, having their weapons or drones entering into Russia which is something that the West has persuaded Ukraine not to do That is part of the deal that they've made in order to uh, keep providing them weapons.
1: Ukraine is definitely capable of, uh, you know, targeting um, targets. Uh, you know, hundreds of kilometers inside Russia. Like Ukraine has, well, apparently shown this, and uh, um, I think that it's strat- strategic for, if you think of military b- purposes, because they're also targeting. They're also targeting airfields where Russia is firing us. To that, the uh, missiles that they attack Ukraine with, or they're, um, you know, targeting deep uh, ammunition depots or places like that where uh, Russia is using to store uh, their weapons and ammunition. So um, it is, I think, strategic. Uh, and the, and yes, the West has warned Ukraine against uh, attacking Russia, but Ukraine continues to do them. So I think that. There should be some communication between the Western leaders and Ukraine. So I think that uh, there uh, there is a reason why Ukraine is doing it. And uh, it's not clear what the Western leaders are thinking about this. But Ukraine has officially not uh, admitted to any of them. So um, I don't think that uh, this is a big concern that the West has right
0: now. One of the things we have heard, and I think you alluded to it as well, as you speak to soldiers in the field, that the West has provided good weapons for defensive purposes, but in some cases they have kind of hamstrung them from going on the offense, which makes it very difficult. So, at best, because of that, Ukraine can maybe hope for a stalemate, but if you don't allow them to be offensive. A clear-cut victory becomes very hard to achieve. Would, would that be accurate?
1: Uh, many soldiers are saying. Also, uh, also, some Ukrainian officials are saying that um, they feel that the West is only providing enough weapons for Ukraine to defend itself, not to lose, but not but not enough weapons to actually win the war. So the soldiers, especially, are uh, frustrated because they're putting their lives out there every single day they're risking their senior comrades unfortunately killed or wounded and uh, they see that the West is still concerned about giving enough weapons so Ukraine can go on the offensive and uh, really like make this uh, big counteroffensive that can change the tide of the war and uh, Ukrainian soldiers know that this war cannot be frozen because Russia will continue attacking and unless Russia lose its capability to attack another nation again it will continue doing it so they know that they have to fight until the end so that their future generations uh, their children their grandchildren won't have to go to them like they are going speaking on that
0: um one of the things that is happening in the united states there is this focus on the spring offensive and many are saying that what happens with the spring offensive will determine how much further the West will go with its support of Ukraine. So is there a concern within the capital that if the spring offensive does not go as well as they want it to, that the West is going to pull support?
1: There is definitely a concern because uh, the, the ex- anticipation for this and expectations for this uh and counteroffensive is, is high and uh, the capital understands it And that's why uh, Woderewski has also said piece, he's very confident, but uh, you know, it's they also feel that they have to be confident, they have to make sure that you know some enough results are gained so that the West continues supporting um, And there are lots of uh, expectations that maybe ukraine might not meet we don't likely not going to be able to make something quick like we did with the the northeastern ukraine uh it's going to, so if the counteroffensive years it will be super and it will be more natural because russia has learned from its mistakes and they have really strengthened uh, their defense lines. and they are anticipating and they're always looking for where, where ukraine could launch you know um the counterattack so um russia is unfortunately preparing for this as well so I don't think that something big and something uh, so quick can happen like something so it will be a, a more of a long process that we will have to observe and uh, we will see how it goes
0: as Russia there were some reports that early in the war that Russia might have used chemical weapons have you heard anything about that is, is that accurate
1: um, some soldiers uh have told me that the the Russians for Russian forces have used chemical weapons their um their comrades had the mask uh, and I cannot uh, verify these reports because I haven't seen them myself uh, but the soldiers have talked about this uh,
0: another aspect to this conflict is. The presence of China, which many see as the only player that can talk to Russia to perhaps get them to have a ceasefire, for example, and their special envoy for Eurasian relations is coming to Ukraine. Uh, Lee Hui, um, how does Ukraine view that, and and what happened, if you know, of any of the con- of any of the conversation between. Uh, President Xi and President Zelensky?
1: Uh, Ukraine is skeptical of China's involvement in peace plans because uh, we, uh, uh, China has more of a pro-Moscow view and the peace brand that introduced on February 24th is more tend to be a Moscow, pro-Moscow as well. Um But Zelensky and she held their first talks uh, in March, which was uh, historic because uh, it showed that Ukraine and China were going to uh, develop relations, develop develop diplomacy, and uh, there will likely be more similar talks uh, in the future. So this. Uh, provide something good to Ukraine. I don't think that peace can be achieved from this, but maybe there will be some deals that uh, China can, bre- can broker. China could hopefully save the lives of something uh, with on the rise of economics uh, that China can do.
0: In July, NATO is having its summit meeting, and uh, General Secretary Stoltenberg has called for a multi-level approach uh, when they meet in Lithuania to have Ukraine come in as a member of NATO. And one of the things he had said, and I'm paraphrasing what he had said, but that the first step to acceptance into NATO is a Ukrainian victory over Russia. And then he said, and we must do everything to ensure that Ukraine does win do you see a scenario where there will be boots on the ground from the west either through nato or through neighboring countries that are part of nato do you see that as potential
1: ukraine has tried to join nato for many many years. this has been repeated to your post so it's not well, yes, Russia's full convention of Ukraine is a big, major reason why Ukraine can join NATO. But also, there are domestic issues within Ukraine, such as, uh, the lack of judicial reforms or, uh, you know, corruption that Ukraine needs to resolve before, uh, Ukraine can join NATO. You know, this is the, this is these are the issues that, uh, make it difficult for Ukraine to join. Uh, even after it wins, or if the war is over, uh, and uh, I know that at this stage uh, there are countries that uh, that oppose talking about Ukraine's potential membership and maybe even making a roadmap when uh, because they because they feel that this is misleading and when they know that Ukraine won't be able to join and they oppose Ukraine joining anytime soon
0: another election i want to talk about that's coming up as you well know in 2024 and that's the american election and so what do you hear in terms of concerns from the ukrainian government about who may be president come 2024 and is that causing them to perhaps shift their thinking and strategic planning as it pertains to the war
1: You don't really think about a lot of things that are going to happen a few months from now because you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's always changing. It's dynamic. And uh, every single day, something new happens in Ukraine. So um, I don't think that people are now thinking in such a long term. But this is definitely a concern because uh, if Joe Biden or if President Joe Biden of a President and he has been a really strong supporter of ukraine then uh and if the successor uh is for example uh a former president uh, this means that ukraine will significantly reduce less uh, receive weapons and uh and rest military aid from uh, the U.S., which would be detrimental. Uh, but we don't uh, we don't know what the, what the results could look like. And this election is coming in two thousand fourteen, so uh, nothing has really been dis- uh, said at the public level. Uh, Ukraine officials are intent on ending the war this year so I don't know how realistic that is but they this is what they are continuing to say that they intend to end the war this year in 2023 so um I this has they haven't really talked about the American presidential election
0: yet you've heard all the public statements by multiple leaders from President Zelensky to prime ministers to the president of the united states and all talk about a ukrainian victory what is actually happening and what do you see happening that will eventually lead to the resolution of this invasion is what it is by russia what do you think will happen uh
1: that's it's really tough uh, because it will be very difficult, I think, for Ukraine to liberate all of its territory. But this is what Ukraine will fight for until the end, and uh, there are no compromises. Uh, so, uh, Ukraine will do everything to liberate all, the, all all of its territory. I don't know how many years that could take, or at, at, I don't know at what cost it's going to. You know, it's going to be. So. Um, this is what is said. Uh, I don't think that there could be peace talks between Ukraine and Russia. I, that has been, well, that has that has happened in the beginning of the Moscow invasion, and it didn't work. And uh, Russia continues to break its promises. So I think that it really it really has to be on the battlefield that Ukraine wins. You know, Ukraine cannot uh, finish this war with on it doesn't work with Russia. Russia continues to break its promises. And, uh, for example, when Ukraine trying to organize, you know, peace corridors for civilians so they can free these uh, fighting areas, uh, Russia continue to fire, uh, fire, uh, fire the civilians, attack them, and shell their houses, and uh, you know, always ring their evacuation plans, and uh, injure them, and you know, unfortunately, kill them. So um, this shows how Russia has consistently, uh, you know, uh, broken promises, and uh, this is a country that you cannot hold negotiation with. So it's really got to be on the battlefield that Ukraine uh, wins the war.
0: In a few minutes, we have left Catherine the Great, one of the leaders, past leaders of Russia. When they asked about security had said the way that she would do security is to expand her borders, that she had to take over other nations. Do you think the West truly understands what Russia is trying to do? It's not simply about security, but it's about imperialism. It's about expanding their borders. Uh, Do you think the West truly understands that?
1: Um, I think that some Western officials do understand it, but some don't, and this is why some of them continue to suggest uh, conceding territories or even claiming some occupied territory is Russia. Russian. Um, so I don't think that some officials don't, uh, do understand, you know, what Russia what kind of a country Russia really is. The West, I think, needs to understand better uh, about Russian imperialism and uh, how it's a danger not just to Ukraine, but to the whole
0: world. I want to thank Asami Teruchima for being my guest today. And thank you for tuning in. And join us again next week as we discuss another topic of international importance here on the Aguilar Conversations, A Global Perspective.